so great to be able to gather together like this and sing carols. Um, I think uh, there's just such truth in these carols, isn't there? And that we've been reminded of in the readings. There's so many readings that we could have chosen from. What a wonderful time of year to be reminded afresh of uh, the kingship of Jesus and why God has sent him to us. And so just for a few moments, I'm going to uh, um, pick some bits for us. But I, I wanted to start off with uh, just a quick survey, if I can, to have an understanding of who's in the room. Um, I think this time of Advent, although Christmas is a, a time of peace, I think there is a, a clear divide when we get to this stage of Advent. There are, of course, those who have Christmas sewn up. They have all of their Christmas shopping completed. Maybe the more extreme cases will have wrapping already finished. Everything is ready under the tree or in a secret location and they are good to go. That's the first type of person. I think then there is another type of person and that type of person uh, with six days to go, you will appreciate, uh, still has some shopping to do. Again, maybe in the more extreme cases, all shopping to do and in fact, when I say six days to go, there's a, an utter panic uh, in some eyes. So, which category are you in? Are you a number one? Are you set, ready to go? Maybe just a quick show of hands to let me know who we're in, a, in the company of. Who, who is a number one? There's a, there's a few, yeah, yeah, there's a few, all set, ready to go. I imagine if we were to extend this, we could say, were well, you done in November? I don't know, October, September, see how far back we could get this. Um, and then I'm not going to invite the, the rest of us to put our hands up, but we've got some work to do, haven't we, in the next six days. We, um, in our house, we're at the stage now where uh, we're wrapping, and um, I haven't actually done any wrapping yet because all the important wrapping is done by Susanna because she can wrap and I can sort of screw something up and put a bit of tape around it. Um, so anything that, that is going to be seen by other people, Susanna will do. Uh, we'll, I'll maybe do the children's stuff. Um, but uh, we're at the kind of wrapping stage now and uh, it, it's got me, got me thinking about the way that we, we, we do wrapping. Uh, I don't know whether there's any people in the room like this but like to add a, a, another layer, if you like, of, of surprise with Christmas by maybe wrapping uh, items in a box that doesn't reflect the size of the gift inside. Any, any nods? Yeah, there's a few. Yeah, like to like to trip people up, maybe have that moment of, oh, wow, look at the size of that, and then maybe sheer disappointment. Or I've got a friend uh, at work who, um, he, he put an engagement ring inside a cat food box, which uh, I think is just awful on every level. Uh, you know, even cat lovers, I'm sure, are cringing at the idea of that. Um, I, a couple of years ago, we, we have a, a Christmas secret Santa with Susanna's family, a big family, so we just do a secret Santa, and uh, I got uh, what I thought was a very generous gift, something that was considerably larger than other secret Santa gifts, and to be honest, for a £5 limit, I, I thought, wow, this is impressive. Um, so you will appreciate my, um, well, disappointment, let's say, when I unwrapped a carrier bag full of Nokia 3310 cases that were just completely useless. Um, but there we go. So that's wrapping. But look, I think when, we, when we're looking at this 
uh, together the, the, we've called uh, this, this series that we've been looking at on Sunday mornings as well as uh, over our, our um, carol services and, and this morning as well. Uh, we've been talking about the Christmas surprise, the surprise that comes from Christmas. There's lots of surprises there. We, we talked about presents and the fact we wrapped them and all those kind of things. I think if you saw the slide, um, it says about an unexpected gift, that we think about at Christmas, the unexpected gift. I would say actually that, the, uh, that Jesus is not the unexpected gift. I say actually that uh, throughout history, throughout the Bible, that the Bible is constantly pointed to the fact that Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. I think what's unexpected about this gift is the way that it's wrapped and about the way that he has given to us. And it's that that I just want to just spend a few moments on, just talking about the way in which Jesus has come and what we can learn from that, how that is impacted for us uh, and what we can take from that uh, as believers or non-believers as a surprise in Christmas. So Christmas isn't about God kind of springing an extra surprise on us. It's not about him trying to deceive us in an extra special way and then pulling this rabbit out of the hat. It's nothing like that. Actually, the way in which Jesus has come to us, uh, the songs that we've been singing about, the obscurity in which he has come is a deliberate act from God and it means something. It means an extra special something to us as well. It tells us about God's character and the type of salvation that he has won from us. So I just want to talk about that uh, in a few moments. But I guess, look, I hope you agree that, you know, the, the verses, particularly that Tyler wrote, read a, a couple of moments ago, you know, talking about a wonderful counsellor, a king with an everlasting kingdom, the, the prince of peace. I mean, how would you wrap that kind of gift? What would you be expecting of that kind of person? In Jesus, we see all of these things that are true, and yet he comes in human form, humbled in human flesh, even in obscurity, as we've read. The king of kings, born in obscurity. Infinity, dwindled to infancy. The creator, humbling himself in human flesh. The name above all names, born into scandal and gossip. Talked about a surprising Christmas. Friends, this is shocking. This is shocking that we would even consider such things of the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, that he would come to us in this way. If you look at the backdrop, the the backdrop at the time, what other leaders looked like, we had Herod, who was ruthlessly purging his rivals. That's what a king looked like. Or we had Caesar, who was turning the world upside down just to count the very number of people that were under his authority, forcing people like Joseph to travel back to his place of birth just so he could count each individual subject, so he could know these are the number of people that I have under my control. That's what kind of leadership and kingship looks like, and yet we see here a really surprising situation. And I want to briefly look at the two surprising aspects of Jesus coming in this way. Firstly, there's a surprising closeness, a surprising closeness to us. In Jesus, we see that God has drawn close to us, The Bible describes that Jesus is both fully God and fully man. Emmanuel, God with us. A phrase that we've come to appreciate probably more and more over the last couple of years, but not socially distant, not afraid to come and get his hands dirty, that he might catch something from us. He's he's come and lived his life among us, walked amongst us, identified with us in joy and in pain. 
This has got to be one of the most significant and shocking statements that's ever been made. Fully God, fully man. The creator of the universe taking on human flesh. God making his dwelling place amongst his people. And God with us means that he has taken the initiative. He's not chosen to be just simply associated with with us or or closely connected. He He has come and walked amongst us. He has experienced our emotions. He's felt pain. He's cried. He's laughed. He's felt tired. He's known joy. He's been disappointed. Which means that when we come to God, we know that he is not oblivious to the feelings that we have, the emotions that we have. This affects how we can relate to Jesus. Some of these statements that we've read or or sung about are increased even more when we realise that this is the God of heaven, the one in whom the Bible says that angels have to hide their face from him. They can't look at him directly, such as his holiness. They have to guard their face, and yet he has humbled himself and chosen to come close to you and me. I hope you see the difference that this makes. I hope you see the difference that this makes this Christmas. If you need to know peace this Christmas, the Prince of Peace has come. If you need to know hope and security in an ever-changing season, the everlasting Father has drawn near to you. This is the difference that Christmas makes. It's a surprising closeness from the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. Secondly, Christmas reminds us of a surprising rescue. The way that we experience God's closeness is only through his rescue. And the Bible describes a Messiah coming, foretold through generations, thousands of years promised, fulfilled in Jesus. That's why it's not an unexpected gift, but it just looks different. But this rescue would be a surprise. This same Jesus would not only be born, but he has come to die. And at Christmas we see the full extent for which God is willing to go to to bring us back to him. That we would, he would withhold nothing for his rescue, for us, his people. The Bible describes how we're all in need of rescue, how we've all lived below the standards that are required of us, the standards that were set when we were created. We can only try and make up for it. We can only try and live better. We can, um, we can do good things, but the Bible describes that our position is beyond that. There's nothing that we can do in our own power to redeem ourselves. The Bible describes us as separated, distant from God, in some cases enemies of God, helpless, slaves to sin, in debt. It's our wrongdoing that has separated us, severed our relationship with a holy God. I liken it to like the Christmas tree in my front room. If you've got a, if you've got a real... Christmas tree in your front room, maybe this analogy works, but the, my Christmas tree has been cut off from the source of life. It's been separated in the same way as we're separated from God. And attempting to please God in any other way is just like dressing that tree up. It's just like adding baubles or tinsels on, trying to live a good life, trying to do things to please God. It's just like adding things to the tree, but ultimately the tree is going to die. We're going to try and keep it alive as long as we can, but already we're seeing needles drop. So it's going to die. The Bible says that we are in need of saving, a substitute, one who is able to take our place. Christmas is about this salvation. 
Christmas is about Jesus coming and taking our place. He has come to pay our debt. He has come to be uh, amongst us, to take on human flesh and live a perfect life. The shocking surprise is that the debtor, the one in whom we owe, has redeemed the price of our sin himself. That's the shocking truth, the surprising Christmas that we are reminded of. God has not demanded that we pull ourselves up to him. He's not required us to make a set standard or live a certain way. He's, he said, sorry, at Christmas we're reminded quite starkly that we're saved by what he has done and not what we achieve ourselves. It's through his grace that we're saved. This is the great leveller that he has met us where we're at. The surprise of Christmas is that this gift has chosen to die a God-forsaken death instead of me. Rising in glory, he has defeated the greatest enemy. He has triumphed. But what's greater is that we get to enjoy his triumph. We get to be in his victory with him. The Bible says that, that God made him who had no sin to be sin, that we might be righteous. It's wonderful, the great exchange that we have because of what he has done for us. Jesus, our Emmanuel, God with us. Now friends, Christmas is this funny time where we, where we sing familiar songs, where we come to carol services that are very traditional and we are reminded of truths that maybe we've listened to hundreds of times before. But the truth is that this is a shocking story. The truth is that the, the Christmas story should surprise us. It should, it should continually shock us. It could, should make us think afresh about the wonderful closeness that God has won for us through his rescue. About the difference that that makes for us. This year, I wanted to encourage us to reflect afresh upon that. Whether you're a follower of Jesus or not, this shocking truth that God has come close to us, to consider again, or maybe even for the first time, the difference that that makes in your life. However distant you may feel from God, he has drawn near to you. He has drawn near to us. Whatever is going on in your world, he has come close. And he knows. This is the wonderful, beautiful truth that we remember at Christmas, don't we? A few nods. I'm going to invite the band up as we're going to sing one more uh, carol uh, together. And then maybe I can just pray for us as we finish our time. Father, we thank you so much for this wonderful wonderful truth that we have just been reading about, singing about, hearing about. Father, we, we thank you that at Christmas we remember afresh the shocking truth that you have humbled yourself even to come to, to us, a wayward people. You have taken on human flesh that you might be close to us, that you might redeem us, that you might rescue us from all that we had done that has separated us from you. Father, this evening, as we uh, consider the many things that might be going on in our mind at this time of year, of maybe of uncertainty, maybe of, of different challenges that are ahead for, for some, maybe joys, maybe uh, disappointments, Father, I want to pray that you would help us, each of us, whatever 
stage we're at in following you or, or not at all. Father, I want to pray that you would help us to know your closeness in this season. Father, would we freshly be reminded of this closeness tonight? Would we freshly be impacted by the closeness of God, the living King of Kings, the one who has drawn near to us? Father, I want to pray that you'd help us to know that tonight. Father, too, I want to pray that if there's anything in our lives that is, uh, is in place to separate us from you, Father, I pray that you'd help us to remove them. You have rescued us from all that would stand in our way. And Father, we pray that we would boldly be able to come before you this evening and know a fresh sense of joy and hope in our wonderful Saviour. We thank you in your precious name. Amen.